Oh, what a joy to be here with you all. Uh, uh, Matthew is too kind uh, in introducing me. I, um, every time I'm, I get introduced, I'm just aware of the grace of God, that he allowed a sinner like me to serve him uh, and preach his word. As you can uh, gather from my accent, I'm from the deep south. <laughs> you know, you go all the way down to the Florida Keys, turn left, three islands down, it's Puerto Rico. That's where we grew up. Uh, yep. And uh, I'm, I have the privilege this time to have my wife and kids to join us. And I love when Kathy and Joey and Janelle come with me when I go to preach places because I do believe that they are like a reflection of grace and mercy. Grace and mercy. You see my face. You see the face of my wife. That is grace that she married me. <laughs> and mercy is that my kids look like her and they don't look like me. Uh, so it's always great to have them around and uh, to be able to share some time. And uh, I like to say this not as a way to excuse myself, but I hope my accent is not a distraction, but my accent is a reminder of the unity that we have in Christ, that, that we can experience... A little bit of what we're going to experience in heaven, and I'm grateful for Chris and Matthew leadership of investing in Spanish-speaking brothers in the church. And also, I think it's a good way when I go to English-speaking churches, you know, it's going to be a little bit harder for you. You may have to, like, make, like, a little bit more of an effort to get some words here and there. And that's how most of the Spanish-speaking folks that come to you, they have to make that effort. So it's a good experience, so you can experience and get a little bit into what we experience when we come to an English-speaking site. And I just want to encourage the congregation. It's, it's a work of the gospel when you see people not... It's always a work of the gospel even when we're from the same background and same language to be together. That's a miracle. We're selfish people, and when we're together, that's, that's gospel miracle. But when people from different cultures are together, that's, that's, that's even a, a bigger grace of, uh, work of grace. And I just want to, to be aware that it is not common. I was telling them that half a group of 20-plus Hispanic in a mostly English-speaking church, that's, that's the work of the Spirit. And uh, be encouraged by that. I want to, to uh, uh, encourage you to continue to pursue relationships uh, as you grow in, in having fellowship together. And um, again, thank you for, for Matthew and Chris. Uh, every time I go to preach to places, I, I like to say I take preaching very seriously, but what I'm going to do today is easier than what Matthew do every Sunday. Uh, I get to pick a sermon that I like, uh, put, put some illustrations together from various sermons, and give you my first opening joke that always makes people laugh. <laughs> Uh, what, what, what is hard and worthy of honor is serving a church Sunday by Sunday. When, when you feel sometimes you don't have anything new, but you have the old message of the gospel, which is all what we need to be able to, to care for the congregations. Uh, we want to apologize as a family. We have to leave a little bit after the service. We have to be at 3 in Gettysburg. We have a service there at 3 p.m., and I'm going to preach down there. So hopefully 95 is kind to us, but we have to like <laughs> try to get uh, out as soon as possible. And uh, uh, if you can open your, your Bibles to Psalm 46. And uh, when I send a list of sermons to Matthew, 
after I send the Psalm 46 one, I say, man, this is Mother's Day. And, and this can be a heavy sermon. It's a little bit of a heavy, heavier sermon, sobering sermon. But I do believe that maybe the Lord wants to encourage uh, mothers that may be in a difficult season of parenting. Uh, and I do believe from the Lord that it's maybe parenting of older children. Maybe children that grew up in the church and uh, maybe they're no longer around. And that's a heavy burden. And the Lord, I believe, wants to encourage you today to wait in Him and trust in Him as He's a, he's a refuge and strength. Uh, I want to give credit to Jeff Perchwell. The, his treatment of this passage really influenced me in the way I'm going to preach this sermon. So I want to give proper credit to him. And let's pray and dig in in God's word. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for mothers. Thank you that you are really our, our strength and refuge. And thank you that as we see Christ be made weak for us so we could be strengthened in you, we can look to you in the most difficult of circumstances, and we can truly trust you, that your word encourages us as we look at Christ's risen. In, the, in your name we pray. Amen. As I mentioned, I'm from Puerto Rico, and if almost eight months ago you were watching any of the news channels, you knew that a big storm was heading for the island of Puerto Rico. Hurricane Maria hit Puerto Rico September 20. 2017, and that's a day that my wife and I will never forget. Uh, we were watching CNN or Fox. We didn't care at that point which one. We didn't care about fake news. We just wanted news of what was happening down in the island. Uh, I remember just in the morning being uh, glued to the TV, and I've been through a couple of storms, and just what we were watching on the news is something like we have never lived through. The, the days after the storm, the, the, the couple of days and weeks after, were some of the longest we have ever lived because we couldn't hear back from our families. In our congregation, we have a big group of Puerto Ricans, and, and some of, of them were like maybe three weeks before having news that their families were doing well. There was a lot of anxiety, a lot of uncertainty. Uh, you just didn't know what was happening. There was no communication, and, and just seeing the devastations in the news, it just was very heavy on our hearts and souls. Psalm 46 on those days became like a lifeline to our family. We, we, we just constantly went to Psalm 46 and, and constantly remind ourselves of how Jeff preached this sermon. Uh, so so when, I was, when I was crafting this sermon, kind of like I had Jeff almost whispering in my ears, uh, about how to trust God in the most difficult circumstances. We, you see, in Puerto Rico, we, are used, we were used to storms coming close by, close hits, things like that. And people put storm shelters, you know, like uh, uh, things that you put on your windows to not allow the, the debris to come in or your, your, your house to, to be affected. And, and because we had so many close calls, some people were relaxed. Uh, we are a blessed island. Nothing's, you know, we're, nothing's going to touch you. The prosperity gospel preachers were speaking to the storm that it wasn't going to come. But it came. And in those moments, you need a shelter. You really need a strong, 
foundation in your house. In the same way, in the midst of a storm, we need a place to seek shelter, and that place is God Almighty. So let's look at the Word of God, which is the most important part we're going to do today, and then we'll try to expose it for the glory of God. God is our refuge and strength, a very pleasant help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though his waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at his swelling. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most Highs. God is in the midst of her. She should not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter, he orders his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come, behold the work of the Lord, how he has brought desolation on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still. And know that I am God. I will be assaulted among the nations. I will be assaulted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. That's the word of God. The, the backdrop of these psalms is, is, is problems. But it's not any kind of problem. These are earth-shattering problems. The earth is changing the way it's functioning. It's things that you cannot run away from. Your, your word is being transformed. This is, this is not that you went to Firehouses, the coffee place. That place is amazing. <laughs> we went this morning, amazing coffee. It's not that you go to Farmhouse or Starbucks and they mess up your latte order. And, and you go to Facebook like the world is falling apart. Oh, my goodness, they pour soy, soy uh, milk instead of whole milk. What am I going to do with my, with my world today? I, I, I think because in the world we live, suffering, real suffering, is not as usual. We, we have become soft. And everyday inconveniences become our sufferings. And we have to learn the difference between inconveniences, my soy latte got messed up, I got a flat tire, my fridge broke down. Those are inconveniences to earth-sharing suffering. My 70-year-old, I don't know if she wants me to tell her her age, mother-in-law, has spent seven and a half months without power. Raising a 12-year-old kid by herself with a diagnosis three months ago that she needs open-heart surgery, but she's not able to have it because of the condition of her heart. I, I think that qualifies as suffering. That's not a mess-up latte or traffic on 95. You see, this is the, the backdrop here is your word is being shattered. 
And, and, and when those moments come, we need this book. We, we need the inspired Word of God to inspire our heart to trust in Him. And this psalm comes with authority. We will see that this, this psalm doesn't come with a pat in your back. There's psalms like that. There's psalms that are like very calming, very, very comforting, coming alongside you and kind of making you feel kind of, oh, like, like, like Matthew, I've been alone four days with my kids. Oh, <laughs> come on, man up. <laughs> hey, you, you asked for it, buddy. <laughs> you, you, you know, you know those, that, that's the kind, that's the kind of, uh, of, of sound sometimes. That, but this is not that way. This comes with authority in the midst of earth, shattering, suffering, and he's asking us in a radical way to trust in God. He's asking us without apologizing, without saying, you know, I know how hard that can be. That's not the way these psalms come. These psalms come striking us in a strong way, saying us, trust in God. The world can be falling apart, but trusting God. And buddy, you have your in-laws and your parents helping you around. Ah, man, <laughs> I'm going to stop. <laughs> so, so God wants to remind us. I'm thinking I'm not going to be invited again here. <laughs> in the midst of any danger, oh, in the midst of any danger, think about any danger, think about any situation, think about your worst scenario. In the midst of that, Think about what would be worse for you. So God is asking, in the midst of any of that situation, any danger, God's nearness is our protection. In the midst of your worst case scenario, name it. The nearness of God is our protection. And the problem is that we don't trust him in those situations. We, we trust him when the latter comes right. But when difficulties come, all our hearts... Oh, September 20th, it was hard to trust him. It was easy to be anxious. But in that moment, when I couldn't know if my 70-year-old mom that has vascular dementia was moved from the home that she was staying, which was an a, a unsecure facility, when I, I didn't have news of that, God was calling me to radically trust in him. And God called all of us to radically trusting him because he's worth of our trust. Amen. Psalm 46 doesn't get intimidated with problems. Psalm 46 raises our hands, our, our eyes, to look at the God that is above our problems. You see, the protection of God, his refuge for those who appreciate that. He, he gives this protection for the ones that appreciate his protection during the midst of difficulty. So in the midst of any danger, God's nearness is our protection. Point number one, when there is problem, God is our refuge. When there is problem, God is our refuge. Verse one, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, 
though the mountains be moved into the earth of the sea, though his waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at his sweating. It is interesting how these psalms begin before lamentation comes. And one of the things I think we as believers in the 21st century we need to learn is to lament. It's okay to lament. It's okay to ask God, uh, uh, how long, O oh Lord? There's a difference between complaining and lamenting. And we need to learn to, to lament as believers uh, in the midst of trusting Him. But before He goes to lamenting, He's telling a truth that needs to guide us through the entire psalm. You see, because when we see the trouble, we are tempted to, to go with the psalmist and have self-pity with him. Oh, I understand your difficulty, which we need to do. But the psalmist wants to make a very clear truth before we go to the lamenting. God is our refuge and strength. He's our refuge and strength. I don't care what's going on. He is the place of refuge and he's the place of strength. He's a safe place. In this psalm, the, the, the word refuge is a, word, a place of protection, a safe place. I remember one time we were driving from Orlando. Uh, we were uh, going on a missionary trip to reach out Mickey Mouse, and we were coming back. And, 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 and just after Richmond, we started hitting these storms. We, we even saw a, a funnel, and we, we needed to stop in a, in a target uh, not, not too far from here. And our daughter was freaking out. And then we, we were getting to Gettysburg, another thunderstorm came in, and we were like a mile or two from the house, and she was really freaking out. You get the cell phones going, beep, you know? And we got to her home, and she calmed down. She felt safe there. She didn't know that a storm can come and, you know, take us off with all the house, but she felt safe in her house. That... that that's what the psalm is talking. It's a place where you come in and you feel safe. You can breathe. You, you, you feel secure. That is God. Oh, that's amazing that God is the place that we feel secure. And then it's our refuge and strength. And that word strength, what, what, what it refers is, is where we get strengthened. That strength is, is kind of transferred to us. We get strength as we are in a place of refuge. Don't we feel like weak when we're in these situations? Sometimes it's hard even to walk, to breathe when we are in problems that are very concerning to us. But when we are in that place of refuge that we feel safe, that gives us strength. So, so God himself is designed to give us strength and refuge and, and this next line is just gospel uh, fulfilled all the way. A very present help in trouble. In, in that moment that you feel weak, that you need strength, that, that you don't know how you're going to do the next step, that, that you don't know if you can wake up and, and get out of bed, in those moments, God is not only a strength and, and refuge, but sometimes that can feel he's far away. No, he's very present near. He's close by. It's not like Batman that you get the bad signal and you put the bad signal and you're hoping that Batman see it. Isn't it one of those movies, Superman die? What's going on? Superman die. You don't know if Superman can save you. No, God is not like that. He's very near. He's surely near. And what this psalm is telling us, in those moments 
when your life is falling apart and he feels far away, know this. He's a very present help in trouble. He's close by. You see, the, the problem is that we don't believe that many times. We, we think that he's far away because problems isolate us. Problems kind of move us to be alone. And, and many times what we do is we isolate ourselves from God and from his church. And let me tell you, the presence of God in this type, in this Moment for, in this uh, moment in, his, in salvation history where we experience the presence of God, nearness, uh, and, and, and his presence more clearly is at right this moment. When we are gathering together as the people of God and the word of God is being preached, God promises he will be here. That's his presence. But many times we isolate ourselves. We don't want to live in community. We don't want, want people to know our deepest, darkest problems. And that's what we need to open ourselves to the care of God, to the fellowship of the believers. It's interesting that God used the plural here. He doesn't say God is my refuge. He says God is our refuge. So we're meant to walk these moments together. Not alone. It's interesting because this is a psalm. When we get to that part, you know, be still, that we see it. You know, just by ourselves in our home with a cup of coffee. But this is a psalm that is meant to be walked as a community. Our times of need and trouble is not only my time of need and trouble, it's the time of need and trouble of the entire community. And we walk it together. And, and, and the struggle many times is in our mind. We, we, we build these scenarios and we, build, we, we believe lies of the situation and we don't think rationally. Uh, we, we, we tend to, to, to make up things that we don't even know. When, when the storm came, this was September 20, September 21, we don't hear about our family. September 22nd, we don't hear about our family. And, and that night, September 22nd, I, I get a, a news from Puerto Rico in the, in the newspaper. And he talked specifically of the hometown, not only the hometown, but the, the area where my wife grew up, where my mother-in-law still, she, she lives there. And, and the news was very scary. It was saying that they were getting uh, sustained gusts of over 200 miles per hour, that people needed to flee their homes and walk for hours to get shelter. And I saw that news and I'm like, I think I will not tell Kathy. Uh, let's, let's wait and see. But she got hold to that new, and she came to me that night before going to sleep saying, I, I just saw this. I'm, I'm, not going to, I'm not going to read it. I'm not going to think about it. Next morning, I wake up. As usually, come on the stairs. She's doing her devotional time. And, and she woke up. And I, I admire and love my wife. But that day, uh, my respect for her grew more and more. And she told me, it doesn't glorify God if I made up stories and scenarios in my mind with information that I don't have. I'm just going to wait. I'm just going to wait. And I think many times we do that. We're anxious because we're going ahead and making stories in our mind and scenarios in our mind on information that we don't have. 
And God gives us grace to walk with the information that we have at that moment. Maybe you're feeling something that is growing in your body that doesn't look normal. You, you need to wait until the information and start walking each step as the information comes. And God will give you the grace when different information comes. But we need to wait in Him. And what this psalm is telling us, in a very radical way, again, verse 2, therefore. So God is a refuge and strength, a very present help in, in time of trouble, therefore. It's not saying, well, if your situation is the worst, this doesn't apply to you. It's not saying, if you really feel very bad about it, yeah, don't skip to the other verse. It's saying, therefore. There's a truth that should be resonating in our lives because of verse 1. And is that doesn't matter if the earth collapses, we trust in God. This is talking about earth-shattering moments. This is talking about storms that come and devastate a country. These are the worst-case scenarios, and therefore, we trust in Him. Because He's a very present help in the time of need. If you see at your psalm, you know, just after Psalm 46, he says some words before the psalm starts, and he says something I'm translating from my Spanish uh, song from the song of Korah. And it's interesting that reference there because the song of Korah is the descendants of Korah. And Korah in Numbers rebel against Moses and the earth opened and swallowed him and his descendants. So these people have experienced earth sharing. There's the, there's the shame of my family didn't trust God in the past and rebel against God. And the earth literally opened and swallowed them. And this psalm is being written by them showing the earth can open and swallow my inheritance and I'm going to trust in God. I'm going to continue to walk with the people of God. Even if it feels like shameful to do it, I'm going to do it. So what is your worst case scenario? I don't know yours. Mine is uh, something happening to my kids. Maybe it's a sickness. God is telling us that our hearts need to be grounded in the truth that he's a very pleasant help. He's a refuge. He's our strength. Oh, in those times we need to say we're weak. And we need the nearness of God. And the gospel is very clear here. And we're going to see the gospel in this psalm all over the place. But the only way that God can be a very present help is because his son experienced the loneliness of the cross. We can have God nearness, which is something scandalous that God can be near us based on our sinfulness. We are Korah. We should be swallowed by earth. But God in his kindness sent his only son to die for our sins. So in our darkest moment, we can feel his nearness. The son of God felt the separation from God so that we in those moments can lift our eyes and say, God, you're near. Also, let's trust in him. 
that his nearness is what we need. So in the midst of any danger, God's nearness is our protection. Point number two, his presence is the safe place. Point number two, his presence is in the safe place. Like one thing, in Spanish, we go long. So buckle up. <laughs> Actually, I have to be at three in Gatorsburg, so that may save you guys. It's interesting, in this moment, verse 4 and 5, the presence of God is very implicit. It's very clear. Verse 4, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She should not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. So, so the psalm goes from this destruction the, 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 sea, the, the, the sea is foaming, earth is shaking. It's moving from this earth-shadowing situation to peace. It, it doesn't have like a transition. It goes from like things are falling apart to this river that gives peace. What, what that means is the situation hasn't changed. The, the earth is still shattering, but the presence of God gives peace to the people of God. In the Bible, this river, these streams always represent the presence of God that gives life to his people. This is the same river that is in Eden. It's the same river that is in Revelation 21. It's the same river that is in the temple of Ezekiel. Ezekiel. It's the river that gives life to everything that touches. So in those moments that we feel that we're lifeless, we come to his presence and he gives us life. He, he gives us strength. By his word, by having fellowship with the believer, that's what strengthened us. Oh, the earth is still shattering, but the presence of God is this river who, who, who makes glad the city of God, gives joy in the midst of trouble. Because he gives hope as we experience his presence. If we experience his presence, you know, not fully in this time, in this in this moment from heaven, imagine what we're going to experience when we will be in his presence forever. So that gives us hope. That gives the city of God, all his inhabitants, hope. Because God is in the midst of her. It's his presence. Oh, brothers and sisters, that's why the Bible is not just knowledge to our head. It's, it's life, transforming life that allows us to see God is near to us. So the city of God should not be moved. Everything can happen. It will stand there strong because God is our refuge and he's our strength. And, and, and the, 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 the psalm goes from this earth-shattering situation. We start like natural disaster. We're talking tsunami. We're talking storms. We're talking tornadoes. To this calm and peace, to rage again. Verse 6, the nations rage, the kingdom's daughters. He ordered his voice, the earth melts. So, so what he's saying is, it doesn't matter if it is natural disaster. It doesn't matter if it is political problems. The, the presence of God is what gives peace to the people of God. If rocket man wants to throw a rocket or doesn't want to throw a rocket, that doesn't make us tremble. If, if there's a, a summit coming with him or not, that doesn't make us tremble. Because in the city of God, there's peace because the presence of God is there. 
You see, it's not our circumstances that dictate our state of mind and soul. It's the nearness of God. It's the nearness of God. Oh, and He's near. He's near by the grace of the gospel. So, so there's this sandwich. You know, they, they taught us in the pastor college. It's one thing I learned in the pastor college is the theological sandwiches. I don't remember anything else. I remember the theological sandwiches. There's, there's destruction, destruction. We have a very good ham in the middle, which is the presence of God. That sustain us. That give us strength. And from the nation's rage, the kingdom's daughter, he gives this promise, which is a covenantal promise. It's a covenantal promise. It's a promise for the people of God. This is a very covenantal, very people of God song. We, we have to see it not as ourselves, but as a community. If you're suffering, God is with you. He will rescue you because the Lord of hosts, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Yahweh is with us. Oh, what grace that the transcendental, is that right, transcendental? I don't know if that, I'm amazed that I can say that word. The transcendental God, the one that created everything, is here with us. So, so anything can happen. My boy, uh, yesterday I was taking him to swimming lessons. And on the way back, I don't know how, he started talking and asking about terrorists. And I, I, I saw a little bit of fear and, you know, are we safe? And say, buddy, we can control that, but we know something. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Oh, we don't, we don't fear, buddy. They can, take our, they can take away our life, but not our soul. So maybe you are here, and you are going through unbelievable suffering. And I know the heart of, of the pastors of the church is to care for you, to walk with you. We don't want to minimize your circumstances. Maybe it's broken relationship with family members. Maybe situations related to, to health, work-related. Or Hispanic, can be immigration-related. But in the midst of that, God called us to look up at him and trust in him. Because he's our refuge. He's our strength. And he is near. That's the point. He's near. So in the midst of any danger, God's nearness is our protection. Point number three. We are amazed. When God speak, there's an amazement when God reveals himself through his world. And there's some imperatives. We, we, we have this, all this background of, of earth-shattering problems, of him being a refuge, of this place where there's peace. 
And now God is calling us to respond. Verse number 8. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he hath brought desolation on the earth. He makes war cease to the end of earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. He speaks. Sorry, I lost my, my point here. Uh, he, he burns the chariots of fire. Which he makes war since the, the, the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. There's an amazement and peace that, that, that have when God speaks. You, you have to see God has revealed himself through speaking. He's the, he's the word of God. He's, he's, he's the, the flesh that became, uh, the word that became flesh. And he's telling us, he's, he's addressing us, and he's telling us, the, all these things are happening, all these situations are going on, this is what you need to, to look. Come and see what I have done. Look at my work. Look at the at how I protected my kingdom. Look how my, my, my work has continued through centuries and years. Doesn't matter, doesn't matter if, if kings were fighting against us, nothing can stop the work of the kingdom and the gospel. Look back. In the midst of your troubles that may be big to you, gain faith by looking at what I have done. I control everything. It's what, the, it's what the people of Israel used to do. They used to sing so much about the Exodus because they needed to remind themselves about what God, how God has taken them from slavery. And that's what we do when we look back to Calvary and when we look to Jesus freeing us from sin. When we have difficulty facing us, we look back and we say, God has worked in the past. And you see, it's not faith for the problem to disappear, which he can do that. It's faith to run the race to the end. Oh, that's what matters. That's what matters. What we will gain if we die healthy and go to hell? What we need is faith to complete the race. And what he's telling us is look back. Look back. Come, behold the works of the Lord. How he has brought desolation to the earth. How he has controlled everything. I love Hebrews 10. One of the reasons I love the end of Hebrews 10 uh, uh, is because he's telling the church of the Hebrews, the author which we don't know who really was, he's telling the, the church of, of Hebrews, which are tempted to uh, give up the faith because they have been persecuted. And in the end of Hebrews 10, there's this passage that say, look back. You guys have lost your property. Some of your people has gone to prison. And at the end, he said, but I have confidence. Oh, I have confidence that you guys will run to the end. And then comes Hebrews 11. What a great theologian I am from Hebrews 10 to Hebrews 11. I know how to count. I'm supposed to laugh, but I guess it's not that good. <laughs> And it's giving us this hall of fame of the, the hall of fame of faith. And you know, the hall of fame of faith is not to, to look at these great people. It's to look at these sinners that made it to the end by the grace of God. 
so we can have faith that we will make it to the end by the grace of God. Hey, if Samson is on the list, I can make it by the grace of God. So what he's asking us here is come, behold the works of the Lord. Don't look at your issue without looking at how God has controlled the universe and how the gospel has prospered for thousands of years. And we're here and we're ready to go to the end because he will sustain us. Because he is our strength. He is our refuge. We can have trust that we could go to the end. And the same voice that melts everything when talks Come to us and address us in a very strong way. Verse 10. Be still. I know that I'm God. I will be assaulted among the nations. I will be assaulted on the, in the earth. This is a challenge. Before his greatness, before we see what he has done, when we behold the works of his hands, we need to be quiet and still. You see, this is not a meditation with your coffee mug in a corner when you have like a little frame that say, be still, and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be still. That's, that's, if, if, throw it away if you take it like that. This is a challenge. This is be still. Submit to me. Abandon your ways. God is giving an order to proud human beings that try to govern their lives, that try to, to make their own future, and they're saying is, stop. Stop governing your life and submit to me. Submit to my will. You see, when he's saying, I know who I am, I know that I'm God, he's saying, recognize that I'm in control of everything. That I govern everything. That I govern Calvary, and because I govern Calvary, I govern your life. So stop acting like I don't exist. And this call to be still, God is telling us, I will be assaulted among the nations. I will be assaulted in the earth. What, what was the problems that the song was presenting? He was presenting earth-shattering problem, and he said, I'm going to be exalted in that. He was presenting nations that were raging, and he said, I will be exalted in that. So have peace. Because at the end, I'm on top of everything. I'm on control of everything. No need to be anxious. We have an alternative. We have something better, his power and his nearness. He's telling us to stop living like God doesn't have power. The, the word in the New Testament will be repent. Stop controlling and manipulating your life and repent and submit to me. Remember who I am and God. So brothers and sisters, we, we need to be still. Kathy was doing a remodeling kind of in the house and she was putting like a more uh, Joanne Gain touch to the house. <laughs> you know, so Janelle thinks I'm, I'm cheap and Kathy's Joan. Uh, and she put a little frame on Psalm 46, be still. And I told her, do you know what is, that is calling us? And she says, I know what is calling us. 
is calling us to radical trust in God in the midst of the worst circumstances. You see, because of his covenant, we, we can have peace. He has made a promise. Like, like you guys were saying in, 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 at the beginning of the, the person that was praying, he said, our worst problem was really taken care of. We can have eternal communion with God because the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. You see, here that the word Lord is, is Emmanu in the Hebrew. And he's saying, Emmanu is with us. Emmanu is with us. And, and when we see that, we need to go to Emmanuel, God with us. So God is with us through his son, Jesus Christ. That's his promise. That's his covenant. He's near us because his, his son came to earth, lived a perfect life, died for our sins, risen from the dead, and is now governing in heavens. And we're waiting for his return. That is our hope. Our hope is not the end of problems. Our, earth, our hope is not that the earth will stop shattering. Our hope is not that the nations will have peace. Our hope is the Lord of hosts that is with us. Emmanuel is with us. This is Martin Luther, with this unfinishing, favorite psalm. He, 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 he composed, A mighty fortress is our God, out of this psalm. And you see, Luther faced earth-shattering situations. There were kingdoms wanting to kill him. You know, he wasn't like burned by an extra hot latte. He said, oh, my day is ruined. No, people wanted his head. And when the dirt was, were those days that were dark, he would have a best friend called Philip. And he would say to Philip, Philip, let's sing number 46 and let them bring their words. And I don't believe that Luther was being arrogant, like, come on, bring it on, I can take it. Luther was trusting in the Lord, like Psalm 46 was asking him to trust. But he said, they can take my life, but I know where I'm going. So I can have peace in that. Let the nearness of the risen Christ through his spirit give us peace to face the worst of circumstances for his glory by this Father that come for us so we can run this race. Lord, we come to you as weak people that many times we don't trust you. But you have called us to trust in you because you are worthy of our trust. My prayer for myself my prayer for my brothers and sisters is that in those moments that our faith is challenged, we don't look to us, but we look to you. And as we look to you dying for our sins, that will give us the strength to continue and to know that you will take us to the end. The earth around us can shatter, 
the kingdoms can rage, but we know that you are a steady hand that will take us through. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you, church.